Developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you. You define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Hi friends, this is Dr. Lynn and welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Today, visiting with us is my friend and colleague, Dr. Anita Sanchez. Anita is truly an amazing person as you'll quickly see her power, passion, success, and influencing abilities. Today, we're going to talk about the reemergence of belonging, the four sacred gifts, indigenous wisdom for modern times. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about Anita. Dr. Anita Sanchez, PhD, Aztec, CEO, and founder of Sanchez Tennis and Associates, is a transformational leader and consultant, trainer, coach, and speaker to Fortune 500 companies. She also does a lot of education and uh, works with nonprofit organizations. For decades, Anita bridges indigenous wisdom science, and science for individuals to uh, societal renewal, focusing on leadership, diversity, inclusion, belonging, and cultural transformation. She's a board member of a number of organizations and also a member of the Evolutionary Leaders and Transformational Leadership Council with luminaries such as Jack Canfield, Marianne Williamson, and John Gray. She's an author of seven books, including the international award-winning book, The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times. She's received numerous awards, and I encourage you to check our show notes to learn more about her and all the awards and companies she's been working with. One of the neat facts that I learned as well is she leads an annual journey into the sacred headwaters of the Amazon each year. Dr. Anita inspires people to discover and trust their gifts so that they become a life-giving force to all people and the earth. So I'm so excited to have you with us, Anita. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Thank you so much, Lynn. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you. So let's get started, you know, and start a little bit with your background. How did you get to this point of your life? Well, uh, yes. So I dream a lot. So I'll tell you that I really believe in that. So it, and I find that even some of those dreams come to immediately and some take a long time. But I knew as early as age three and four, I began dreaming this dream that I still have to this day. And what it is, is that in my dream, there's the earth and there's all these stick people of different colors and they, we have our hands on each other's hearts. And I remember saying that in kindergarten, Lynn, and it was just uh, sort of amazing because the kids all laughed. And when I said what that was, and um, the teacher said, put away the crayons, but I didn't as a five-year-old 
I I did I think I should have felt embarrassed, but all I had was this feeling of my feet going into the earth and my head going up into the sky. And then I just knew that was what I was going to be. And so, um, and indeed that's what has happened with my indigenous um elders who always supported me to live my dreams. And indeed that's what's happened. That's so, you know, it touches my soul when you I I did not know that part about the dreams. And um, just for our audience, you and I met through Dr. Deb Sandela's RIM, Releasing Inner Memories courses. And there was a RIM session that I actually had that involved stick figures and people with big hearts. That's the only kind of fleshy part. And I'll I'll be talking to you more about that dream because it was truly a healing dream uh, as it pertained to my family. So. Gosh, See, we're connected, Lynn, another way that we didn't know. I, we, I believe all this is just all of these are reminders of our intimate interconnection and that we do nothing alone. Which is so beautiful. And the more we get uh, get ourselves out of the way, the more we have access to start seeing and, and living into those connections. Um, so tell us a little bit about Indigenous, I'm, a little bit, I mean, that's your whole life, but talk about the Indigenous wisdom and why it's so important. Yes. Well, indigenous, um, you know, in an anthropological term, that means, um, that actually means we're all part of the earth because we all, as we know through science and that, that we all are of the elements of the earth and stardust. That's what makes up all of us. Um, But when we use the indigenous today, what we're really saying is those people who have kept um, a continuous uh, uh, honoring and teaching of the original instructions. So in my, uh, family, uh, Nawa is Aztec is the, is the tribe. And I'm learning about another tribe that I'm, that I'm part of, but I never got any stories, which is from the Amazon. Uh, and so why this is so important at this time, this wisdom is because it is a wisdom that actually initially we all knew our ancestors going back, 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 and that we're part of the earth. And wouldn't it be different, Lynn, of how what would be going on on the earth if rather than thinking that we're separate from each other and separate from the earth, that we're actually connected, we are part of, we're all relatives, perhaps we'd be more mindful about not hurting each other, hurting the earth, you know, just um, being, which the original instruction is care and love. Well, if we really felt that way, Nita, then we wouldn't be having our arguments and discussions about climate restoration and, uh, you know, going down that path, it would be so obvious or yes, even going back further, it wouldn't even be a problem because we would be respecting our earth long before it got to the point that it is by all means. Um, you talked about the original instructions and, and you just briefly said, which involves care and love. Is that right? Yes, care and love of yourself and care and love of all our relations. And so that it's really important. I think one of the, um, well, it's kind of distorted because right now it's like, okay, only care for yourself, love yourself, first, foremost, that's it. But in this original instruction is we're one hoop of life. And so no one's higher, no one's lower. That means even the creepy crawlers, the four-legged friends of ours, the all we are all one. And so when we talk about care of self, it is also care of the other because we're constantly uh, receiving and giving from each other. And that's what that means. And there's different versions of that, but basically 
of the 6% of the world's population that's indigenous, given their following their wisdom, um, that is one of the foundational pieces. Which is beautiful and sounds great, but then it begs the question uh, of how do you work with corporate organizations, a corporate organization that has hierarchy and status and pay grades and uh, you know, when you talk about we're all, uh, you know, in the same level, that's certainly not the philosophy of, of most of your corporate organizations. So yes, and do, I, yeah, yeah. How does that work? And I think that's true. That's uh, what I'm always teaching inside these organizations. Now, even in the indigenous communities, their people have different roles, um, but we're all tra- treated with dignity and respect. We're all cared for, etc. So, in the corporate world, when I bring in the indigenous wisdom. What I'm bringing in is a, uh, a, a remembering by everyone that all are worthy of dignity and respect and that we listen to each other, listen, listen, listen. And so along with bringing up the, the new science of organization, I also weave this all in, which shifts things because it's exactly as you're describing. If you totally are um, engulfed in separation, then that you call the hierarchy. Well, yes, then that boss is never approachable because that that CEO is not rather than, hey, CEO, guess what? Don't get too chiefy because you need to always be listening to the people or else one day you'll wake up, you'll get out of your tent and you'll see all the tents are gone because then you become chief unto yourself. And we don't wait four years for that to happen. So I just gave you a little bit of a, of a saying, a prophecy that we have about how we be. So even in these different roles, there's a way in which we stay intimately connected and honoring that all of us have a role. You know, your language, your use of language is so inspiring, Anita, honoring <laughs> dignity, respect, words that we're not hearing at all, especially over these last few weeks. Uh, and months and what's going on with the world. When we're in such a dire situation from personal all the way to worldwide, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you start creating harmony and balance? Well, that process is where it comes into using four gifts. So there are many methods, let me just say, and like the one both of us learned from Dr. Deb, uh, reintegrating memory So the wonderful thing in this hoop of life is there are many different processes and methods to get there. An indigenous way for us is that we live often through prophecy. And prophecy doesn't tell the future, but it does tell us what possibly will happen if we don't honor those original instructions. And so one of those prophecies that I am a messenger of is it is time for us to use the four sacred gifts because the what spirit and the indigenous elders, 27 elders from around the world said, is if we use these gifts, not just once, not just, you know, every month, but daily, just use these four gifts that we will remember how to be in harmony and balance with ourselves, with other people and with our relations. So why do we talk about these four sacred gifts and your experiences with these? Yes. Um, well, if I might, um, we can delve into each one of them, but I would like to give it, uh, share that with your listeners in an indigenous way, which I invite you um, to listen with the softest part of your ears and expanding heart. 
that these four gifts are meant for all of us, not just Indigenous people and what we call non-Indigenous people, not just for the North or South, but for all of us to bring harmony and balance. And so the four gifts are, the first is the power to forgive the unforgivable. The power to forgive the unforgivable. Put that gift of the power to forgive the unforgivable into the ceremonial part of your heart and breathe that in and breathe that out. And you'll be remember, you'll start to remember things that you have forgiven. And maybe you're even starting to go, I don't know if I can forgive that. But nonetheless, that gift of the power to forgive the unforgivable. Now, the second gift is the gift of the power of healing, the gift of the power of healing. And that's what you're bringing to us, Lynn, and all its different forms of how do we bring about this wholeness. And so this healing is a process Rarely is it an event. It's uh, it's much bigger than that. And it's something, a beautiful gift we can use daily. So put that gift of the power of healing into the ceremonial part of your heart and breathe that in and breathe that out, that gift of healing. The third gift that is given to us in the Yuga Hope prophecy is this gift of the power of unity. And oh my, so all of you just go ahead and breathe that into the ceremonial part of your heart the gift of the power of unity. Unity, you maybe you start visioning where who you are connected to, family, community. Um, and perhaps you're also saying, boy, look at all the places we're not in unity that you began talking about, Lynn. It was all the separation, war, pain, death, all these things that are happening. But I also uh, ask you, as you're breathing that in, are you in that picture? of unity within yourself, of your head, heart, physical body, spirit, all of that. Make sure to put yourself in there. And then the fourth and final gift is the gift of the power of hope, hope in action. Just breathe that in, that gift, into the ceremonial part of your heart. And as you do that, you may be remembering some of the things that you hope for and that have already been manifested you may be thinking of your new dreams. And perhaps for some, as I'm hearing for many leaders, especially in businesses, that they've forgotten their dreams or they've stopped dreaming because it it's just they're having a sense of hopelessness. So this gift of the power of hope in action is an energy source. So breathe that in and breathe that out. And these four gifts, the 27 indigenous elders from around the world heard from spirit, give these to the two-leggeds, the human beings, and that we are to use that so we can remember. And the promise is if we use these gifts, that we will remember how to create harmony and balance in our own life and in our relationships with all our relatives in the one hoop of life. Well, that's so inspiring, Anita. I must say, listening to you and bringing those four gifts into my heart and experiencing that um, actually makes it a challenge for me to interview you because I'm in the process of really taking those very, very powerful gifts into my, my heart. Um, So I thank you for that. And, you know, that, that's a brief overview. What I'd like you to do is, it, um, can you give us examples of either people or businesses without necessarily, you know, breaking any confidentiality with anybody or any business 
of how you've gotten and um, how you've worked with businesses for this to happen, because, yes, you know, just even hope so many people, if you ask them that they, they don't even know how to start with hope. Don't believe it's true. Don't believe it's possible. Exactly. Exactly. So I'll be glad to. And let me first just say thank you for what you said, because I hope that what you just experienced that all your listeners are taking in too, that receiving those four gifts, we all know what those four things are, but taking it in a different way and how do we live those and integrate them? I'll just tell you the elders are smiling and those elders that are still alive. And of course, the new, new ones I meet, I'm always telling them how the gifts are being received. So thank you for honoring them. Um, let's let's start then if you want to start with hope, because I will say to you that when businesses leaders call, they're interested in all four gifts, but the two that they are in the forefront is hope. How do I instill? How can I motivate? How can I, this hope, uh, it, it, it doesn't feel like it's possible at this time. And the, the, the second thing is also unity. They're right there hand in hand. So it, for example, on hope, um, <clears throat> So there was, I'll, I'll just use an example of a, a tech company where it's actually a good example of both, I'm realizing, hope and unity. Um, but their their product was becoming a commodity. Um, so what was happening is they were starting to lose a market share. Um, and this is a pretty big business. It was a um, $25 billion business. And it was only part of, of a tech company. So it's quite huge. So what they did is they invited us in, um, my company and uh, my team, and said, okay, we, we know that you teach a lot about positive psychology, but we also know that you weave indigenous wisdom. Can you help us? So what we did is we used positive psychology, sort of a positive imbalance, of, um, helping people to learn to dream again, but also weaving this indigenous wisdom of hope and unity. And so all over the world, we... Um, their their team was their staff was eighteen thousand people, and we ended up directly dealing with two thousand. So long story short, we had these meetings all over the world. But even where we couldn't have the meetings, we had people interviewing each other with a very set kind of interview process that was bringing forward all their high point experiences of dreams, of hope, of unity of what works well, what's at their best, what's working, what's happening. And we just kept amplifying that. And they began amplifying that. So what happened and uh, was a lot of different things. One, people were just so excited because we didn't separate them. So we had people talking to people from the US and Europe on by phone, or if they could not be together in a meeting, or from Asia to Europe. And so we started breaking down all these false separations. And what they began finding is that in sharing and not operating in that separateness and not competing against each other inside their own company, that what they found is that they could make sales faster that they were building relationships in a very healthy way with inside and then also with their customers. So in a year and a half in what was a flat market, this tech company, this particular business in the tech company went from 25 to $29 billion in a flat market. So there is, there's return on this. What some people would say, Oh, this is fluffy. This is about our wholeness of who we are as human beings and collectively as human beings. 
I, I don't call that fluffy. And there's an example of how people began to dream and to realize they could ask for help from each other and just magic started happening, but they continue to use that. So we, I just want to end that part with them is that we ended up training 120 of the people inside of this method and this process so that they could continue to use it with this tech, tech company. And that tech company is doing quite well. What a great example um, of taking what sounds like quote fluffiness right mm -hmm. into the dollars, which is what the companies are truly interested in and how, how much difference that made, you know, and I, I can't remember the name of a book, but it was about the problem we're having, especially in the tech industry where they, you have a lot of really bright young people coming out, great at technology, but not knowing how to really run business or be with people. Yes. And, yes. Th and there's a real movement to try to keep the elders in the company who can't figure out the computers and any of their technological kinds of issues, but know how to work with people. And that the bonding of these techies with the uh, perceived older, or I should call them elders, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. um, using the wisdom from them, it, they just have study after study showing how that really makes a difference in how companies grow because you can't forget the human factor as much as technology is trying to move that direction. Yes, I totally agree with you. The, the That's what I love about this whole process is, it's, again, honoring the dignity and the gifts of every person so that um, that relationship to people who who have great intelligence in terms of social skills, organizing, which is a different skill than the incredible intelligence of the other. And that doesn't mean that some people don't have both. And what clearly is important as, as, as an elder, as a person who's um, had many years, decades inside a business, it's also my responsibility to pass on the wisdom. And that's exactly what we're doing. And that's what I understand from watching your shows is that, that that wisdom is getting passed on, even though it's not using that language, that's an indigenous kind of language. That's what needs to happen. And so, yes, I totally agree with what um, your perception of, of the importance of this, that we're all honored and involved and not seen as some is more important and less important. But how do we how do we be? Not only what we do, but how we be with each other is reflected in what we do. And what we do is reflected in our inner being as well. And so if our inner being is one about, you know, uh, alignment of the spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, if it's about knowing that there's a joy not only in my uh, evolution, but a joy in the collective evolution because I'm a part of that, then, then this other separation of war and everything, we we maybe be able to bring together um, better possibility of how do we stop this separation? That some of it has been so long that some people, as we were talking about hope, think, oh, it's hopeless. I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think anything is hopeless. And I and I'm not talking Pollyanna. I mean, my own life, I have quite a bit of uh, some dark stuff in my early years, even though there were some great things. I also. Uh, nine years of childhood abuse, and then the murder, which was race-related of my father. And I say that, it may sound like, whoa, she just dropped that in. But I say that in part to help you understand that we all have 
things we've endured and our ancestors have endured. But we also have the dreams of our ancestors and the reality of this all being part of the earth and the sky of this one oneness that can propel us just like dreams do, compel us to move towards them. But we have to be awake and aware um, and wanting to be on that path. And, and that example of a business is a businessman who's great in tech and great with people skills. And he just said, I want this for all my people. This is this is what we need to do. That's business is about the benefit of all, not just of a few. So everything that we're doing, whether they have our products or not, should be making the world better. Boy, that was that was so inspiring. You know, the concept of being awake and aware. That's our first step by all means. Yes. And I love the language of pass on the wisdom. Uh, I guess I I would call that in my language mentoring. Uh, yours yes. has such a beauty, yes. beauty and um, a feeling to the importance of passing on the wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anita, we're going to take a break here f- for just a couple minutes and we'll be back uh, in just a minute. Thanks so much. Discover the power of the seeing brain, the creator of your true vision. Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's number one bestseller book, Expand Your Vision, helps you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Remove roadblocks and visualize your new lens to see and experience your world. Get Expand Your Vision on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Welcome back to Vision Beyond Sight. We have the distinct honor of speaking with Dr. Anita Sanchez. Uh, and she's talking about the reemergence of belonging. And she's just so beautifully spoken about uh, the four sacred gifts, indigenous wisdom for modern times. So let's pick it up from here, Anita. Um, you gave such a great example of hope and unity and working together and and the unity is so important. Um, what I was wondering, when you worked with this tech company, was this through the pandemic and times where you know you had to do a lot of Zooms or online kind of discussions? Well, this particular tech company I've worked with since 1990, ah. um, uh, off and on. And I did do some coaching of some folks during that. But the actual process that I'm talking about, the, the year-long um, process of uh, amplifying this kind of wisdom and um, for their people all over the world, the different regions uh, actually happened about 15 years ago. And what I keep in touch with them though, because um, one, I continue to work with them, but also to see how the people continue to use uh, the power of these gifts and of the, of the appreciative inquiry is what it's called, which is positive psychology, because we are meant uh, as human beings to inspire, to aspire, to life-seeking life. Um, and so doesn't it make sense that the, the the things we create, like organizations, businesses, should also be that? And um, yes, so, so yes, yes. And that these people are still using this inside that particular tech company. And as you know, there's always shifts. So a number of people have left, but they also have left and they continue to use these gifts. So we still hear from them from other companies that they said, we're bringing these in now. And I just talked to Verizon um, t- 
to their employee research groups last fall. And um, we did it a couple of different ways so that we could get the different regions not having to get up in the middle of the night. And, um, you know, they began, they continue to use those in their employee resource groups. And they realized that all of the gifts are really important. But the one that um, a number of the leaders said, whoa, this is going to require a lot of work on me, is the power to forgive the unforgivable. Yeah. So go ahead and... Um... Talk about that uh, an example and and how that was used in that group or just in general. Yes. Well, first, first of all, I think sometimes people have the wrong notion of forgiveness. Uh, I did. So I just want to say that initially I thought forgiveness means that I forgot what happened. Well, oh my gosh, I'm not going to forget the murder of my father. There's no way that's ever going to happen or abuse. Um, or that I thought that forgiveness meant that you're being disloyal to your whole group of people, you know, and yes, all people are my people, but there are some that I have more of a dailiness with, which are indigenous people and Latinos. And, and so um, you have all these kinds of th- thoughts about what forgiveness is, and that's not true. Forgiveness really is um, acknowledging that something that did or did not happen in the past cause great pain, perhaps for you, or even in a collective sense to whole groups of people or of the earth. And that forgiveness means letting go of that hurt and pain, not forgetting, but letting go of that so that you can use your energy for now, for what you want to create and join with others. And so it it actually is a love of yourself that you want to use your energy for that. And it's a love for all the other uh, relations because you want to use your energy to create a life-giving rather than spiraling downward on all the pain and hurt and mistreatment. It does not mean deny it. I am not talking about um, a spiritual override, you know, like, oh, I'm just in this oneness. So I, no, we're, we're to listen to see what is actually happening and then choose to go with what we want to create. And I don't want to create more separation. I don't want, I did not want to hate white people because a white person killed my father. You know, I, I, I didn't want to think of my whole life as a victim of abuse for nine years, rather like, wow, I have a reason to be here. I have a reason. I have a role. I have some compassion and, empathy and strength that has been built that allows me to make connections, whether it's inside of a business, helping people to see the importance of the relationships and they do nothing alone, or whether it's a larger societal kind of change that's needed. Um, And if I could, um, I realize this is a little bit too much talking, but I want to give you a, um, a story and it's connected with the one with the tech company. So one of the, the men that we trained um, months of training, and he went on to use this. He was he's Israeli, and um, he had written that um, you know he was he's in the military, so he would be in the front. And this was about I think I got that letter from maybe eight years ago or something, an email. And he said, you know, Anita, even though you taught us this uh, uh, even a decade ago, I'm still using it, and my my group, my platoon. I don't think he used the word platoon, but his group are up in the front lines. And and he would teach this appreciative inquiry, this positive bent, these gifts that we all have. 
And so when he was about to retire is why he wrote me, because what he said is that the other leaders came and said, your group, you know, they're in the front line, which is scary and dangerous. And they're young. These are young men and women. And they're there. And your group, there's something different about your group. And he said, I'll be glad to teach you what I'm teaching them. And so he began doing that. But he ended his email saying, Lynn, so this is really beautiful. It's important for us to not lose who we are and what we are in the midst of suffering. It's easy to keep a hold of that in the midst of creativity and oneness and sharing. And he said, you know, I'll be forever grateful that to know how this is a part of me and I could share this. But Anita, the Palestinians need this gifts too. They need the appreciative inquiry and they need to know these gifts we all need it. Boy, that's a heavy line and so true. Yeah. Because if we really all had these gifts, that is where I see hope starting. Yes. Starting and we do have all these gifts, but like you, Lynn, like he was saying, is we need to use them. Right. And it's so difficult. It feels uh, difficult. But in his his little his little email, which I keep forever, um, just reminds me that I mean, he in that email he was basically all of the all the gifts he was using, but he was really talking about you know forgiving what looks so unforgivable. And of course, many of us, if not all of us, including many Israelis and Palestinians and and Arabs, and we we really want the the suffering and death to stop the 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 terrorism. The terrorism, this dark energy has to stop. And I believe that we're making, trying to find our way to do that. And it requires us to remember who we are and what we are. And so I'm forever grateful for him and his role that he's played and continues to play and being there in Israel, even though he's no longer, he's retired, but I haven't spoken to him. He may not be retired now. Wow. You know, last December, my granddaughter and I took a grandchild, grandparent group trip to Israel. Oh. And one of the highlights was that we met with a Israel-Palestinian um, group on the West Bank, where it's exactly what you've been talking about. Yes. When, when they learn to know each other at a heart level, at a family level, at the kids level, at their dreams level things were changing. They were beginning to go to the same grocery store. They were beginning to, you know, have social events together. And it was, and this is, you know, last December. So yes. And not long ago, not yeah. long ago. And it was so moving to see that possible and the courage it took for both the Israelis and the Palestinians to get together and start making a difference. And uh, I think that's some of the real grief that I'm feeling through what's happened these last two weeks is what's happened to those groups, what's happened to those yeah. relationships and, and the hope, and it will take forgiveness. And I, I've been studying forgiveness. Gosh, how long has Colin Tipping's book been out on radical forgiveness? Like, yes, I love that 30 plus years. And the first time mm -hmm. I read it, it was such a foreign concept because I too thought forgiveness was denying or accepting mm -hmm. uh, and it's Being not weak. about that at all. Yeah, Being not weak. at all. Right. And to find yourself and love yourself and not live your life from the trauma. Well, you do live your life from the trauma, but you have a choice of how you want to live your life from the trauma. Yes. And, yes. Uh, 
And that's what connects us so much in, in RIM in uh, reintegrating inner memories and um, is to go back and do some healing in mm-hmm. areas that sometimes we're very, very aware of. And sometimes we, they're so buried and so deep, we don't even know. So, exactly. that, so that gets into the power of healing. Mm-hmm. Nita, would you like to, again, yes, I love healing, healing. In fact, my, my sons who are now 26 and 32, they used to make fun of me because when I'd be fixing them breakfast and before going to work and I would say, oh, it's another good day to heal. And they go, oh, mom, I don't think other moms say that. I said, but it is a great day to heal. Every day is. You're going to have little owies and you can heal those. And you might have some bigger owies. You know, I hope not. But if you do, then you know you can heal those too. And that's really what this is about is that um, what I found from, um, you know, studying not only my own experiences as an Indigenous person and healing, but and studying other Indigenous cultures and things is that there were some things, very different processes from talking circles to um, you know, tobacco ceremonies, um, um, sweat lodges, plant medicine. There's just so many different ways. And yet what I found all around the world, there was things that were present in these healing processes. So that's what I would like to share is that what we found, I found is there are four basic elements for healing to happen. And indeed, you'll you'll hear them. They're in RIM, where we met in Reintegrating Memory. But they're also in these processes of um, appreciative inquiry, of these gifts, these indigenous wisdom that is called forward. And the first, the four elements are listening. So we got to listen. Supportive relationships. Unconditional love. And committing to creative, positive action. Those are the four things I, I kept finding in some way, and even all the different languages, that those were present in whatever the method was. Those are great. And, you know, the listening by itself Mm -hmm. can be so healing. I I was in a a course in Landmark Education where the activity was just to listen. Somebody was supposed to share a, a problem they were having. And instead of commenting or trying to fix it or trying to help or like, oh, too bad, our job was just to be there, be uh, looking eye to eye with them and just listening. So a young man started telling me his story uh, about how he was broke and no money and no job and blah, 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 blah. And at the end, and I just listened, no comments. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he looks at me, what are you, some super psychologist? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, how did you know that I, and he had this realization of where many of his issues issues lie without me saying a word. And I'm like, (laughs) whoa, powerful. (laughs) Yeah, listening is powerful. And that's the gift. That is a gift to listen. So many of our methods, if not all of them, have listening, listening to yourself, listening to the other. We mean requires being quiet you know, not speaking, uh, which is hard for some of us extreme extroverts like me. But it's it's really that's when we know we we can find out just what needs healing. Um, we can observe and be present with our medicine. And that medicine is just by being present. That that man could say that to you. What are you some super psychologist or something? Because now I'm aware we have power and and we know this when indigenous people from very little, I always heard, be careful of what you say, be careful of even what you think. Because once you do that, 
you can't take it back, but you can have new thoughts and new things that you put out. And so then I look at heart math and some of the other signs that we're seeing that we know, you know, in a 12 or 14 foot radius, we're already impacting each other's heart rate variability. Indigenous people would say, Lynn, you and I are already impacting each other's and it's far greater distance than 14 feet. And so that's why they always taught us as children those that saying that be careful what you say, be careful what you think, because it has power. We are quite powerful. And so we want that power to be a life-giving force rather than hurt, because the hurt of one is the hurt of all, just as we say, and the care and love of one is the care and love of all. That's so true. You know, Anita, I'm sorry to say we're running out of time yes. here. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up, especially, you know, especially these last several weeks for me, and I know so many others have been so um, painful, hurtful, you know, just terms and terms I could give. But what what else would you like to share to uh, help us on this course of accepting our sacred gifts and, and growing in our world? Well, I really believe and have experienced firsthand and helped tens of thousands of people truly consider using the four gifts um, because the promise from spirit that came through these elders from all over the world was that if you use these, you will remember how to create harmony and balance in your life and with all others. And we need both of those. We need that inside ourselves, the harmony and balance. So what we do is create harmony and balance rather than creating more um, anger, separation, hurt. And all those are natural responses to great pain. I get that. However, if we keep using the gifts, we'll be able to stay present to the pain and suffering. And I will say be more drawn, motivated to manifest the peace, the love, the caring of ourselves and each other. That's the t- commit- commitment to taking action. Manifest. Yes, yes, absolutely. So it, it requires action. None of this is passive. Listening isn't passive. You, you being there was not a passive action. That is filled with love and commitment that somebody else's needs were equally or even more important at that moment that you could sit there not say anything, but be absolutely present and listen. Beautiful. You know, Len, one last question. If you had magic glasses to see the world through a lens of clarity, courage, and confidence, how would your world look? Mm. Well, we throw around that word thriving, but it really would be that. And so to anchor it with at least one thing, that thriving came in part from Tomorrow, everybody works up, wakes up, um, all the two-legged human beings, and realize we do nothing alone. And we're filled with gratitude for the breath that we breathe, for the plant relatives who give us the oxygen and we give it the carbon, to our family, both biological, adopted, you know, chosen, um, and that this earth, this our first mother is providing for all of us. And so we do nothing alone and be filled with gratitude and have our actions move from that. Well, I thank you. I thank you so much from, from all my heart and soul. And I encourage all of our listeners today, 
to just take a moment and take a breath and allow yourself to create your vision, your dream, create your world. And with that, I thank you so much, Anita. What what an inspiring 45 minutes we've had together. And uh, I knew that from the moment I met you many years ago in our classes, um, I could feel I could feel your energy and your love. And I just thank you so much for sharing that with myself and all our listeners. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thank you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.